It was a week before Christmas. Terry was in Iowa, visiting her family, and Killian was gone. I didn't know where. I hadn't really asked in twenty years, and wasn't about to start now. I was wrapping the box that held Terry's final present of the season. Lucky lay curled up on his favorite blanket in the corner. Canada had been kind enough to send America a nasty cold front that had dumped tons of snow on New England and down the mid-Atlantic as far as the Carolinas. While Florida was spared the white stuff, the temperatures had plummeted, and a biting wind knifed across the bay. The cold snap had discouraged all but the heartiest of tourists. The downtown area was an illuminated wasteland, except for a few brave souls in heavy jackets and fur-lined coats. I could almost imagine myself as the last human on earth. Terry liked that concept. She said there'd be nothing better than a good global pandemic or zombie apocalypse to erase many of mankind's ills. <laughs> I love that woman. I placed the last piece of invisible tape on a flap and walked to the artificial tree tucked in a small alcove off of the living room. The colored lights blinked, and I placed the present underneath. Make sure you leave them alone. Lucky opened one eye. Yeah, I'm talking to you. I will not have a repeat of last year. He opened his mouth wide, then commenced to stretch his body out for a long moment before curling back up onto his blanket. He gave me a final feline glare before closing his eyes. I made it to the kitchen and got a beer and some chips and sat in my recliner and clicked on the TV. A local station was showing It's a Wonderful Life, and Jimmy Stewart was in the bar praying to find a way out of his mess when Lucky raised his head and a screechy sort of noise escaped his throat. He bounded from his blanket and hopped onto the back of the sofa where he looked through the window. What is it, pal? I looked out and spotted her. She looked to be in her early to mid-teens, a pretty young woman with black hair bobbed short about earlobe level that reminded me of Natalie Portman's character in The Professional. She wore faded worn jeans, battered sneakers, and a thin green t-shirt. No coat. She walked down the block towards me and glanced around at the slew of boats. Her head lowered as she read off something in her hand and then looked directly at the Shakira. She came to the end of the dock. Hello? Hi. I'm looking for John Logan, she said. That's me. Why don't you come in and get out of the cold? She stepped on board but stopped at the door. Can I see some ID? she asked me. What, you don't trust me? A friend of mine was raped on a boat, she said. I'm sorry. I pulled out my P.I. license, and she nodded. Thank you. I'm going in. It's too cold out here. I walked inside, and this time she followed. I shut the door behind her and offered her a place on the couch. Lucky was watching her intently. Is he friendly? I shrugged. He's picky. Only one way to find out, I'm afraid. She held out her hand and Lucky inched forward, took a sniff. He tensed for a moment until her fingers found just the right spot behind his ear, and he began to purr. Well, looks like you've made a friend. I sat down on the sofa at an angle to her. What's your name? Madison Tolly. She spelled her first name. Most people call me Maddie. 
Well, can I call you Maddie? Sure. She had those big hazel eyes and a small nose. Her complexion hinted at some ethnic background. I said, So, what brings you out on such a cold day, Maddie? I want to hire you, she said. I have money. I can pay. She dug into the pocket of her well-worn jeans and brought out a wad of bills and some change. She put it all on the coffee table. How much is there? Sixty-five dollars and forty-three cents. She wasn't giggling, and there was no smirk. The girl was serious. So, what is it that you want me to do? Her eyes were steady, and she looked square at me. Find out who killed my mom. 